0: First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians. If you have trouble finding that, it's right before Second Thessalonians. The oh, Lord is playing a trick on me. After I said that, I can't find it. There we go. That's a that's a New, Testament. New Testament, yep. And while y'all are finding that, just I've I mentioned this before. You know, um, with Paul's books, his all his letters, um, it goes from uh, it goes from longest to shortest. So his shorter letters are towards further towards the back, and then his uh, longer letters are more in the front. All right, everybody there. First Thessalonians one. Let me pray, and then let's get into the Word here. Lord, thank you so much for your Word. Thank you that it is still living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, that it it goes forth and it creates. And Lord, I pray that um, I'll just be able to get out of the way today and let you speak, because we know when you speak that things happen. Lord, um, we need your Word we need you to speak. We need you to change us, change uh, change us, and change our lives, and change the world around us. In Jesus' name, Amen. All right, let's do this one more time. Um, before as we get started, for those who uh, who haven't been here in a, in a little bit, uh, or maybe it's first time here, uh, we're talking about the gospel, and uh, in not in every passage, of course, but the gospel. There are within the gospel that are, are present very very prominent throughout really the Old and the New Testament and help me out with those there's like five of them what okay the gospel has to deal with the king and his kingdom right how lovely are the mountains of the feet of him it brings good news announcing our God reigns right number two resurrection. resurrection so yeah I'm going to say cross events okay that, that Jesus came to, the, came to the earth lived a sinless life right but he took upon himself all of our sins all the sins of the world at the cross right but praise God he, I mean, he, he, he faced death but he didn't stay dead right so it's a cross his death is burial and his triumphant resurrection on the third day and that believing in him we have eternal life because because of course the cross events is what we go through also right we are dead in our trespasses and sins and we don't have any way to get to eternal life except to be resurrected and brought to life um, because of Jesus right So what's what's number three? Judgment. Judgment? Judgment's one of them. We talked about judgment last week. Remember judgment? There's an element in in the got in the gospel that talks about that there are consequences to sin. Jesus did this. Remember, um, he sent the he sent the seventy out or the the twelve out and the seventy out, and said. It'll be better for them, you know. It'll be better for for Nineveh, for these different than they because they rejected you. Matthew twenty four. Remember, he, he's. I'm talking to Jerusalem and pronounces judgment over Jerusalem. They rejected him. See, he pronounces judgment over them. And eternally, we have to also know that there eternally there is judgment on those who. Do not accept Jesus. And as the gospel, as we present the gospel, we have to be very, very care- careful that we are presenting the entire thing. We're not just telling everybody, hey, come and, 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 and God's going to bless you. And that's all he does is bless, bless, bless. And he does bless, right? And we do need to give that. He is a life-giving God, but without him, all there is to face is a judgment. Right? So we need to give the whole gospel. What's number four? I heard it, I think. Power. Power, Thank you. Power. We're going to get into that today. There is power in the gospel. What are we talking about? About power. Interesting. And then number five. Okay. There is an element. In the gospel of going, that we have to, we have to, we have to go. We have to take. Remember, even um, the the whole idea of how lovely are the feet of them who bring, bring, bring good news. Right, right. If we're not going, if we're not taking the good news, then we're not having beautiful feet. Right. That people say, hey, those those feet are beautiful. They're bringing good news. We should do that. We should all have a, a shoeless day in here <laughs> and celebrate beautiful feet. Look, um, look with me in First Thessalonians. right? Verse five. "For our, our gospel did not come to you in word only." Interesting. Our gospel did not come to you in word only but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, just as you know what kind of men we prove to, to be among you for your sake. I was, I was reading an article. Actually, just um, I was reading it actually today. It brain, yeah, that, there's a, an artist you might um, uh, have seen, seen him, seen his name. He's a worship leader. Uh, I wish I could know how to pronounce his last name. It's Sean Fute. Fute. You saw that, um, and he is. They, their, what his mission has been is to go and, and to lead worship, and they get people outside the four walls of the church to get them to be active. Not not necessarily to to go and to petition the government, but to say, look, we're here. We're going to go to the state capitol. We're going to worship. We're going to, right? And and they're. Their team, he said, they've gotten all kinds of threats. They have, um, had, they've encountered Satanists. They've had people uh, destroy their equipment. And they've been labeled a threatening group. Are we, are we a threat? The, and what, what he said is that when the church gets out of the four walls... When they get, the devil wants us to be in the four walls in here, and as long as he can keep us shut up in here, then we're not that big of a threat. We are a little bit. We can, we definitely pray. We those in the strongholds. We, you know, and that that there is a threat there. But when we get outside the four walls of the church, that's when the threat really is present. Because when we get outside the four walls, we take the power of God with us. So I want you to know we can be a threat just by being Christians. Right, so there's power. They, when, when Paul says, and I want to show you a couple other scriptures here uh, that, that basically say the same thing. Uh, I want I want to be able to see this so that we know Paul, when he went around, and we don't have a lot of detail, but when he went around, it wasn't just convincing people with the word. Okay, Now, the word's powerful. I'm not going to deny that at all. But it wasn't just simply, and he did convince people with the word. He did, and we, we, we showed that you know, in the last couple of weeks. There came a time where he, he said, look, okay, here are some convincing proofs. He knew how to do that, but it wasn't by the word only. It was by the power. Um, Again, verse 5, I'll I'll show it to you, and then I'm going to go a couple other verses. Also in power, and, or actually, how how this is phrased in the Greek, what I like to think it says, but also in power, that is, in the Holy Spirit, and um, it says full, I don't know, does anybody else have something besides full conviction? What does your Bible say? Uh, verse 5. Much assurance. Much assurance. Full assurance. That's good. I, I, I kind of, people, this is a really interesting word or a couple of words. Honestly, it's only used in the New Testament about five or six times. And most of the time it's used as, as full assurance. But people say, I think maybe it's, they don't really know, but I'm going to tell you what I believe it is. In just a few minutes, because I think it, I think full assurance is a really probably a better translation. And I'll tell you what what I believe um, the Lord is saying by that. But let me show you a couple of these other verses. Um, number one, uh, flip over to the Old Testament, Isaiah, chapter number eleven. Isaiah eleven. there. Verse 2. Actually, I'm going to start in verse 1. Then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. Who is this? Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. Okay. I've I've got... Somebody keep count for me. The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. Okay? The Spirit of wisdom spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength or might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. How many is that? Seven. seven. So this is the sevenfold spirit of the Lord. Remember, you Remember in the book of Revelation where you, where you see the seven spirits, right? This is the sevenfold spirit of the Lord, okay? And part of the Spirit of the Lord, one of the anointings of of the Holy Spirit is might, strength, power. Okay? Is that what it says? Now, think about it. This is the Spirit that rested upon Jesus. That's what it says, right, in verse 1? Rest upon him... If it rests upon the head, the anointing comes down the head and goes over, what? All the body. So this is us. This is for us. By the way, it would be really good for you to pray until you get that release. I've been telling you about how to receive. Pray for the sevenfold fold manifestation of the Holy Spirit upon your life. Pray every day. Until you get that release, that that's what God's doing, and you start thanking Him for it, start walking in that. Think about where how your life would be different if you walked in knowledge and wisdom, understanding all the time. You could walk into a situation and have divine knowledge. You walk into you know you're trying to decide between two different directions, and you had divine wisdom. You you uh, you you're, you're uh, reading scripture, and all of a sudden you just have the understanding of exactly what it's meaning and being able to recall all that information. That you have a, a way to um, give that understanding to others through counsel or to have divine might and power. To have the fear of the Lord where you're walking constantly and realizing that you are, you are on the edge with, with God, that He loves you so much, but He is a big, holy, incredible God. You've got to love him, but also serve him in, in awe and in fear. Those are for us. Now, it shouldn't be any surprise if you flip over to Acts chapter 2. This is the Yellow Pages Church today. Let your fingers do the walking. I'm sorry. I said to Acts, Acts chapter one. A lot of you probably have this memorized. Acts one verse eight. Acts one eight. Who has that? Yep. Joanne, I think I saw your hand go up. For, would you? Would you, uh, would you mind reading that for us? Acts one eight. Thank you. So you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, right? And that's what, that's what we, we just read in, 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 Act, in First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1.5, right? The gospel does not come to you in word only, but also in power, that is, in the Holy Spirit. How is, it the, pow- how is the power come In the Holy Spirit. Okay? Isaiah 11 says that the Holy Spirit, that one of, the, one of the anointings of the Holy Spirit is power. Shouldn't be any surprise. Jesus, this is Jesus, right? If you have a red-letter Bible, right? This is Jesus saying, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Let me get in, I'll get into that a little bit further in just a moment, but flip over to um, one, more, one more place. 1 uh, First, First Corinthians 2.4. Actually, I'm going to do two more places. I want you to I want this to get in our hearts 1 Corinthians 2 4 this is one of the verses that's kind of scratched my head at Paul anybody who's read Romans wonders how could Paul write this and my message and in my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men but on the power of God. You see that? Demonstration of the Spirit. Demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Flip one other place, Romans 15. Just a few Pages to the left, Romans 15. By the time we get done today, everybody's going to know all the books of the Bible (laughs) right where they are. Verse 18. I will not presume to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, resulting in the obedience of the Gentiles by word and deed, in the excuse me, in the power of signs and wonders, in the power of the Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and round about all as far as Ill, um, Ill, excuse me, Illyricum, I have fully preached. I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. How do he fully preach the gospel of Christ? The power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to talk the, just a few moments about what is this power that we're talking about? Okay. In Acts, you know, Jesus says, um, "You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you." Now, the the apostles, right in the seventy, which I think. Um, between the 12 and the 70, they made up a whole bunch of the 120 that were there in Acts chapter 2. They had all gone out. Right? Jesus had told them and sent them out go, go preach the kingdom of God. Heal the sick, raise the dead, uh, cleanse the leper, right? And preach the kingdom. Say, the kingdom of God has come upon you. And they came back. And we can't believe it. Even the demons are subject to us in your name. So they had had demonstrated already a lot the power of God. But Jesus says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. Had they not already received it? Now, I do believe that when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they received more of the gifts of the Spirit. We can go, if you wanted to look over the the gifts, we can go run through like Romans 12 and. 1 Corinthians 12, they received more of that that was shown because the, the Holy Spirit came, they, they all spoke in tongues. But you know, I think even beyond that because they, they had demonstrated the power, what they needed was the power to build the church. It wasn't just the, the power to cleanse the leper or to cast out demons or to raise the dead. It was the power for those signs and wonders to build the church. Just before, remember, just before Acts two, they were in they were in hiding, right? After Jesus died, they they went into a, a lock, They went into a room and locked the door. They were afraid they would they would be next, and probably for good reason. They were fearful. They were not there building the church. They were not saying, hey, Jesus is dead. He's, he's risen again. Now let's go. They, no, they, were, they were afraid until the Holy Spirit came upon them. And then all of a sudden, you have the 12, and especially Peter, out front in front of everybody. they in, in a feast day saying, you guys killed him. And the only way to get saved is through him. Now, that's boldness. You go from being in a locked room, being afraid you're going to be next, to being out in front where you can speak to over, way over 3,000 people. You've got Jerusalem crowded with people, and they are all of a sudden bold. And the ability to gather people and to see the kingdom of God come and the church established is what came about on the day of Pentecost. Think about it this way. Jesus, who is the ultimate of, you know, God in the flesh, right? You, you can't have anybody more filled with the Holy Spirit than Jesus. There's nobody more powerful than Jesus. There's nobody more submitted than Jesus. There's no. He's 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 the example, right? He is the the one that we look to. He three and a half years in ministry. He's he's. Lives about around 33, 33 and a half years. At the end of the day, he's got 120 people. 12 close ones. 120. Day of Pentecost comes, and that 120 goes to 3,000 plus. If you go from the 120, that's 25 times. You go from the 12, that's 250 times in one day. Why? Because the power of the Holy Spirit came in order to demonstrate to people the gospel. And that power was there in order to build the church, to build community, to, to have people come together as the church. So, yes, I think it was, was power, like power to heal and power to deliver and power to <clears throat> operate in the gifts of the Spirit. and to, Yes, all that and more. The greatest thing was the power to see changed lives and to bring them all together and to build the church. That is the power and the demonstration of the gospel. So it comes, the power comes by the Holy Spirit. It, it's not just by words, but by power, which is, number one, in the Holy Spirit. By the way, um, we need to be very welcoming to the Holy Spirit. Okay? Um, I don't want this is, this is a little bit of a, ra- of a rabbit trail, but there, um, I'm not saying, because I know you guys. But you see a lot of different groups and some full denominations out there that shove the Holy Spirit out. In fact, there was a, um, a preacher, I'm not going to say who it was or what denomination or anything. There was, there was a preacher <coughs> in my town growing up that we had some uh, close family friends. that they had, they had visited the church, thought the church seemed pretty good. They met with the pastor. And the, the pastor looked looked them dead in the face and say, um, people who speak in you know, that, that speaking in tongues is of the devil. And they went, well, I think we shouldn't go to that church because we speak in tongues. <laughs> so, but there there are there are those that shove out the gifts of the Spirit. There are those that shove out the power. They shove out the Holy Spirit. And I needed I want us to be very very careful. That, that we don't ever grieve the Holy Spirit. I was one of the saddest, I say saddest, I, I felt the Holy Spirit grieved more at this one time than I ever had before. I was at, as a, at a youth camp. And um, for, for those of you who've ever been to the youth camp, either as a youth or as a, as a leader, maybe you've gone up to Hume, or uh, Keswick, right, is What it was before Hume. And uh, they they say Thursday night is cry night, right? And because it all it all builds to that that night where they give you the the salvation call. They ask people to repent. You know what? First night we got down to this camp. I was I was um, in college. I was like freshman in college or something. We we got down to this camp. First night, God broke out. I mean, we had we had kids, young kids, getting up on stage saying. You know, I, I was into this and that and the other, and and I I got rid of it tonight, and the, and the other kids getting getting up there saying, you know, I was just down there worshiping and I I felt, I felt the spirit of God just moving over and I felt them through my fingers. Other kids, you know, I think we had people saying that I saw angels and saw, I mean, one after the other, boom, 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 boom. I, just, uh, incredible. The, the, it went on for like an, an hour and a half I mean, just the spirit of God was moving. And the next morning. Um, the other, there was, a, there was about three churches that came together, three or four churches, and the other two pastors got together with, with our youth pastor and said, that was too much. We, want, we don't, want any, don't want any more of that. The rest of the week was bland. What started out as just, God was moving, they shut it down. Absolutely shut it down. And it, it broke my heart. When, when, you, when you tell the Holy Spirit we don't want you here, he won't come. So I want us to be very, very careful that we're always in- inviting the Holy Spirit in and saying, be free, do whatever you want to do. We don't want to put you in any boxes. Use me however you want to use me. If you want to make a fool out of me, that's fine, I don't care. As long as it's you doing it and not me. So let's let, let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. Because he's, I mean he's been doing this a long time. Right, the whole power, power comes by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit here. But it also comes, says, by full assurance or by full conviction. Let me tell you what I think that um, Paul is, is really getting at through this. OK? What, what I believe, Paul. We we will just look at these uh, these verses, and we'll, we'll go back there. So what Paul is wanting to do is to, to demonstrate. To the people, that what they say is right. Okay, so he's got all the words. Paul Paul is. Uh, he is the. You know, ultimate theologian of the day, right? He is. I mean. Sometimes I think I'm like, if I could just understand Paul, (laughs) right? I mean, Paul is just way up. He can he can out theologize, you know, pretty much anybody. He's and he's very philosophical. He's got he's got it down, so he can he can talk about the resurrection. He can talk about Judaism. He can talk about the philosophy of the day for the Romans. He can he can look at the Greeks and say, look, these are the philosophers. This is what you all are talking about. But let me show you how Jesus is the way. But he wants to make sure it doesn't just, your belief, the belief of the people that he is talking to, doesn't just rest on philosophy. It doesn't just rest on, hey, I'm Paul, and I sat under Gamaliel, and I told you so. It's not just about words. Paul wants the people to look and say, I have had this experience. I've seen God do this. Nobody else can do it. There must be a God, and I'm going to serve him so the full assurance i believe is what paul saying. i want you to be fully assured in your faith because you have experienced it and you've seen it with your two eyes that only a god of that caliber can do this fully assured you are fully assured because you've experienced the power of god not that i not not because i have I have out argued you into the, into salvation. Now, there is, a, like I said, there is a place for that. There is a place for philosophy. There is a place to be an apolo, an apolog- and apolog- to be a Christian philosopher. Okay, there are, there are definitely a place for that. I'm not knocking that at all. So what Paul said, I want to make sure you have underneath for your faith is you've seen the power of God in your life and the life of others and you can rest assured that what you believe is true. Full assurance. Now let me... I, I, wrote, I wrote this out I think the Lord dropped this in my heart. one of the big issues in the the church I'm not just saying here I'm saying the church today See, we've been wanting people to see our changed lives and to turn to Christ rather than for us to change their life and then have them turn to Christ I'm not saying that God doesn't use that and that we shouldn't be ready with our own testimony okay we should be, and that will open the door. But what is more powerful? For us to tell someone how we've been healed or delivered or set free and that should convince them to turn to Jesus or for them to be healed, delivered, and set free and turned to Christ. For us to tell them that we have had our inward lives whatever that is, our strongholds, our addictions, temptations, whatever that might be, that we've been set free from that, or for them to be delivered and then turned to Christ. We can use our healing, our deliverance, whatever God has brought us through as an open door to go to them and then to demonstrate the power of God to them, in them, you see, I, I feel, I feel like the church, as a whole, and I'm, I'm as guilty as of, of, of this as everyone, as anybody. We've seen, we, we want we want the power of God, just here. And that's that's great. And God wants to bless His kids. He wants to, the power of God to be, at work in His kids. But really, I believe what the power of God is for is to demonstrate to them out there that the gospel is true. What we've been wanting is for the, the power of God to show up with us, just the church, and then let everybody look in from the outside and go, boy, something really cool is happening in there. I'll come in and see. I'll check it out. Think like what God wants is for us to take it out there. Take the, take the power of God out there And to say, let me show you that power. And then for for them to say, there is no way that 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 could happen outside of a a God that you are talking about. Who is this Jesus that you're talking about? You've got to take it out. Rather than just have it i got to use, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm from the South. Um, it, it's, it, it's like, you know, Jeff Fox, have you ever heard of Jeff Foxworthy? Okay, I feel like we've become, become a redneck, you know, the church become a redneck church. You know, we, we, we go to a family reunion thinking it's a great place to find a spouse, right? You know, we, we, want, it, we want it to be, we want it to be just us, Right? We want, it, we want the power of God just to be used just with us, right? It's, it's gotten ingrown because it's just, well, let's, it's just for us. And I think what God wants is for us to go out and take the power of God. What it, we, we come in here to get recharged, and then we take it out. So that we're watching, we're, we're finding people on the street and saying, look, let me demonstrate the gospel to you. And then when they have an argument, then you're you're right there to be able to say, "Let me show you." But, but, um, I, Pastor, I heard years ago say, "You know, a, a man with an experience is never at the um, mercy of a man with an argument." Think about that. A man with an experience, a person with an experience, is never at the mercy of a, of a person with an argument. If someone, if someone was was, you know, they. they 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 were laying out on a, a, a cot because they couldn't they couldn't move, and and Jesus comes out and said, "Get up, take your mat and go home." Have somebody come to say, "God doesn't heal." What do you mean God doesn't heal? I haven't been able to walk for so many, and now I'm walking. I think taking my mat and go and going home just like the guy told me to. No, no, God doesn't do that. Right? If you've experienced God whether that's through a changed life, a changed heart, a changed body, a changed mind, right? If you've experienced, nobody can tell you there's no God. Right? God wants us to take the power to demonstrate the gospel outside these four walls. I mentioned, the, um, I mentioned that article by Sean Feucht, right? it's dangerous, it's dangerous. You start walking out there and start seeing people healed, set free, delivered, you start prophesying over people, you start, it's dangerous. People might think we're radical. Praise God. Let him be. Now oh, that's the radical church. Amen. Let it be. That's, that's the place where people go get healed. Praise God. That's the place where they, those, those are holy rollers. They <laughs> call me whatever you want. If I'm in the Holy Spirit, I don't care. Right? Let's take it out. Here's what I want us to do today. Okay? I'm going to pray here in just a moment. And I want us to pray a dangerous prayer. It's going to take boldness. Remember, the Holy Spirit came on the disciples, right? And all of a sudden, they were bold in order to go out. They went from being clu- you know clus- clustered away in, in a in a locked room to being right out in front, in the middle of a feast day, preaching. I'm going to pray that God will infuse us with that kind of boldness and the power. To go with it that we will get outside these four walls. That he will provide the, the, the crowd for us. That he will provide the power and we will start to see the demonstration of the power of God in people's lives outside these four walls. We have to change our mindset to start looking outward rather than looking inward. They were they were being a mission church, a missionary church. They were going to every Area of society where we are spreading the gospel, yeah. and not just by our words, which our words are very 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 important. Okay. I want to make sure you hear me say that our words are very important. Our testimony is very important. But I want to make sure I want people to not just have their their belief on our words alone, and to rest on the power. God. Right. So, if you'll join me in that prayer, would you, did you just? Um, I'm going to pray, but if you would just make a sign to the Lord, and say, "Lord, that's for me." And wh- whatever you want to do, if you want to put your hand over your heart, raise your hand. If you feel like standing up, lying, whatever it is. I'll just say, "Lord, that that prayer is for me." Just however you feel um, feel led to do that. Lord, we're coming to you in the name of Jesus, and I'm going to pray a very bold and exciting dangerous prayer today well we need to get outside this locked door would you fill us with your holy Spirit as you did on the day of Pentecost when they were all cloistered in a room and you filled it up and they somehow they 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 filed out of the room and and you had brought a huge crowd to them and all of a sudden they were bold as a lion to go out and to share the gospel and to demonstrate the power of your gospel and all of a sudden you opened the doors and the floodgates came in. Lord, would you fill us? Would you fill us by your Holy Spirit to make us bold as a lion, bold as Peter was on the day of Pentecost, or bold as Paul was, that he would go and stand before uh, whether it's the Pharisees, Sadducees, whether to stand before Caesar, to st- to stand and make testimony for you. Lord, would you fill us by your Holy Spirit and fill us with boldness? And Lord, I'm asking for the people. Lord, give us that crowd. Whether that's one on one or whether that's one on on three thousand. Lord, bring us the crowd. People who need you, that they will they will that will not only hear the words, but that we can demonstrate, just like Paul said, that we can demonstrate to them the power of the gospel, the power to change a life, the power to heal the sick, the power to to set free and deliver the, the power to, um, to release people from whatever mess that they're in into the freedom of the kingdom of God. Give us the people that need a change life and give us the boldness to give it to them. And Lord, I'm asking that you would infuse us with that power and the boldness to go out there. When we, when we step out, step out on that limb, Lord, I pray that you'll meet us. When we say, L- uh, do you, you want to be healed from that? Lord, meet us there. When we say, you know what? God will heal you of your addiction. Meet us there. Lord, when we, when we tell someone that God can heal that broken heart, meet us there. We want to see changed lives. bless each person here. I bless them in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, I, I, I place the seal of the Lord Jesus Christ upon them. Lord, I take from your hand now this, uh, this anointing of might, of power that's spoken of in, in Isaiah eleven two, And I place it upon each person here. Those that are saying, this is, this is for me. Lord, I place that anointing upon them right now and ask that you would give them the ability to receive that anointing from the hand of the Lord this morning. That they will be bold, that they will go out and that they will demonstrate the power of the gospel because that is the inheritance of the saints. Lord, may we all go out here full of you, full of life. Go before us. Be our rear guard. I thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you guys. Love you all. Um, as as always, if there's anybody who would needs any sort of personal prayer, um